Hello and welcome to the Blockade Runner podcast, number 187. My name is John. Joining me this uh, beautiful day after the 4th of July, uh, morning after the 4th of July, is Ryan. Good morning, happy, 5th, uh, of happy July, 5th of July. Happy 5th of July, yeah. That's what I was going to yeah. say. May yeah. the uh, July the 5th be with you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is there any like weird holiday on uh, or, or obscure holiday on the 5th of July that I'm not thinking of? I don't think so. It's my sister-in-law's birthday. Okay. And she's going skydiving today. Wow. What? I would never. Whoa. You couldn't catch me doing Too that. Too much danger. Exactly. Um, yeah, so we're going to play it safe on uh, our recording this morning of, uh, of this episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about some uh, some bounty hunter stuff because that's like what dominates Star Wars these days. So we do have yep. a little bounty hunter coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, some High Republic talk uh, as there's been some uh, releases happening here. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Rising Storm, but uh, fear not. We won't get into it too much because myself, I've only read 150 pages. Uh, Ryan has finished the book, which we'll talk about, but we can't really go too far into it. Um, so we'll be spoiler free, right, Ryan? Yeah, yeah. I would just say um, probably in like two or three weeks, we could do like a full discussion because um, yeah. I definitely think it's a book worth talking about um for a lot of reasons um so yeah if you uh if you want to be prepared for uh for that uh convo uh you you have a few few weeks to read it um Mm. but also if you haven't read light of the jedi read that first definitely (laughs) which there's a new paperback edition out of that and i think the kindle version dropped in price too so it's pretty accessible and probably can find it at your library as well. It's true. If you want to get the Kindle one, you might want to jump on it quickly because that price was for one week only. So Mm. um, I don't know if that's still ongoing or not, but uh, we'll see. But yeah, we'll, we'll come back. We'll talk about rising storm here in a little bit. And then uh, we'll, we'll wrap the show, I think by talking about um, the uh, child gambling show, uh, Bad Batch, episode 10. Mm. And uh, and maybe mm-hmm. touch on your upcoming vacation here too, Ryan, at the end oh, of the yeah. show, I think. Yeah, yeah. Preview yeah. that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, let's go ahead and jump in by talking about a couple of brief news stories here. Uh, Ryan's going to take it away on the first one because he's all about the bounty hunters, um, including this one, Devalompop. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, it is a bounty hunter season uh, Mm -hmm. for Star Wars right now, as you kind of alluded to. Um, Yeah, whole lot of whole lot of bounties, whole lot of, you know, people in space doing things for money uh, happening in Star Wars uh, lately. But um, in the comics, War of the Bounty Hunters, um, I continue to uh, enjoy it more way more than i expected um every every issue that the tie-ins have actually been like really good and you know true to their stories but like also moving the bigger story forward so yeah i'm i'm really enjoying it and something i think is really cool are all the characters that are being you know brought back or introduced into the comics for the first time um and one of which is uh, 
Deva or yeah, Deva Lompop, uh, which is a great, uh, you know, eighties punk front woman, uh, name, I think. And she kind of has that vibe to her, um, is super, super colorful hair, leather jacket with studs on it. Um, very, very just cool looking character. Um, but still definitely has a, has a star Wars vibe to her. But anyways, um, she is being introduced in, in upcoming, uh, bounty hunters, job of the hut, uh, one shot. Um, she is co-created by uh, Justina Ireland. And what's um, super interesting about this character is um, that she's new to the comics and new to us, but she's, it says here on StarWars.com, it turns out she's been around the galaxy for a while, since the High Republic era, in fact. So I don't really know how that works. Um, that should be pretty interesting to see, um, like, you know, why this character is still around in, you know, between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi if she was also around during High Republic. And, um, you know, something I think we kind of predicted with... Um, were the bounty hunters knowing that it was kind of being led by um, Charles Soule is that there would be High Republic tie-ins um, in some ways. And so far it's just been like uh, some like offhanded mentions and stuff like that, which is still cool um, to see, you know, just seeing High Republic uh, mentioned in original trilogy era. But like this is, uh, this is a character straight up from that era so i'm really curious how that's going to work but i i like this character's design a ton and i'm excited to read this book yeah that's uh that's wild that um this character would have been around for two centuries plus i guess right like uh i think that's how much time right it's like 200 years before the phantom menace or something the high republic yeah, right so, like so that's 250 years almost yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that is uh, that is curious. Um, I'm sure it'll have something to do with her species or whatever. But uh, mm-hmm. that that is curious. Um, the thing I thought was really interesting in this write up was uh, Justina Ireland saying that um, the character is the product of her love of feathered lizard and badass women, feathered lizards and badass women. So that's quite the comp. Yeah, absolutely. We need more of that in Star Wars. I'd say um, something else that's. Uh, been cool obviously there was the big uh you know the big reveal more the bounty hunters one with the return of kira and she's kind of like the centerpiece of the story right now um but also in the bounty hunters comic they brought back um a character and the (laughs) I, i say brought back but um this character appeared in the star wars uprising mobile game which was from like it, I don't know, like five or ten years ago, and it's like uh-huh. you can't even you can't. It's been like delisted. You can't even like sure. play it anymore. But they brought back a character from that game who was introduced in that game, and I I never played that game, um, so I had no idea who this was. 
Um, but she is, um, I believe she's a, a night sister uh, who escaped the slaughter of her people. And, and she became like this like ninja assassin. Um, and she looks super cool in the comic. But the best part of it is her name. Do you, do you know this character? Do you know what I'm talking about, John? I don't know. Okay, she's a she's a. I thought a, I thought Deva Lompop was going to be the standout name for this discussion. No, this character's oh. name, Deathstick. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so <laughs> ten years ago, somebody at a mobile Star Wars game developer, mobile developer, was like, "Oh, we should name a character Deathstick," you know, because mm-hmm. of that uh, line in Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, now whoever is putting together this bounty hunters comic was like, Hey, of all the characters we should probably bring back from star Wars video games and like obscure star Wars storytelling from the last 40 years, probably it should, we should go with death stick that happened. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. Sure. Then. Yeah. Um, right, yeah, stick. it's pretty, pretty ridiculous, but she's like a really cool looking character. Mm. Um, so yeah is it like a nickname or something Destic? that's like her nickname maybe i don't know well i w- i would say um it's probably her like assassin bounty hunter name because mm. she was originally um a night sister so i don't think the night oh, sisters yeah. are naming their kids death stick mm. but right yeah right right so it's right, it's like an, an alias yeah, yeah. All right. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, a lot. That's... A lot of stuff happening <laughs> in that war of the bounty hunters. I guess so. Yeah. So how how many issues into it are we now? Or um, we are t- two months uh, done out of I think six months total. So there's still four months to go. Wow. And, okay. Uh, and are you just are you just reading like the main? Uh, I'm reading everything. Wow. Yeah, cool. so I've probably read like 8 to 10 issues that are tied in with it. Wow. Okay. All right. Wow. Well, good for you, Ryan. You'll keep us abreast, of course, here on the show of yeah. uh, all these developments. Um, well, let's uh, let's move forward then into uh, the High Republic as uh, last week. What was the day? Uh, the 29th, I think. Um is when the rising storm released, uh, along with uh, race to crash point tower, I think, right. Mm-hmm. That was the other release. I haven't mm-hmm. picked that one up yet. I have uh, it, but I haven't read it yet. Okay. All right. And then out of the shadows, uh, from Justina Ireland, co-creator of devil Lomp uh, is releasing next month, um, in July. Right. Um, so we have that going on. Oh, Yes. Uh, actually I'm seeing here in the, uh, in the article about wave, uh, two of the high Republic launching that, uh, that first wave of high Republic books, light of the Jedi test of courage into the dark. Those are on sale for four ninety nine each, but only through today, July 5th. Oh. And, uh, I don't think this episode is going up today, July 5th. So no. well. probably you'd be paying full price for those, um, on digital platforms. If you choose to jump in, uh, although I'll tell you, I'm reading um, the Rising Storm uh, 
from my local library right now, which is a thing you could do mm-hmm. if, uh, you know, if you want to read these as eBooks, I bet your uh, local library has eBook copies of uh, Light of the Jedi for sure. I would think so. Yeah, that's another route to take. Um, I have a I have a, a copy of the book as well, um, but uh, it wasn't going to be here on Tuesday. It didn't get here until Thursday, so I rented it from the library. Also, but um, yeah, so those things are happening now. Those books have released and will be releasing soon. Uh, Tempest Runner also from uh, Kevin Scott is uh, on the way. I'm not sure about the release date on that one. Um, uh, which I is think the it's audio. August. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that that's like what Wave 2 consists of. Um, you know, like I said, the first two books were released uh, last week on Tuesday. And uh, StarWars.com star wars youtube also put up a wave two teaser video as well um so that's out there what'd you think of the teaser video ryan i thought it was good it got me hyped yeah yeah all right all right very good um and then in addition to that you uh you uh, notified me of this last week too ryan but um there are some high republic uh t-shirts available mm-hmm. on uh on shop disney and apparently some other apparel, uh, apparel from Rock'em Socks that I missed. I'm just checking that out now. But you can get some pretty sweet $18 uh, High Republic socks on Rock'em Socks if you're if, if that's All something right. you're interested in. Yeah. Um, I, m- I might recommend the Drengar uh, pair of socks from Rock'em Socks. Um, they feature, of course, a Drengar and uh, a sweet the Drenger logo at the bottom. Um, so your ankles would be covered in these plant beasts, but your feet, the tops of your feet would have their branding um, right there for you. So hmm. yeah, there are bad batch socks uh, available here on uh, Rock'em socks as well. So something to keep in mind. Um. But yeah, that's uh, that's what's going on with the launch of uh, Wave Two of the High Republic. Anything else to add on on that component, Ryan? Before we jump into uh, maybe talking about Rising Storm here? Uh, no. Okay. I, or I mean, we can come back to Rising Storm. I thought maybe since we're just talking yeah. High Republic, let's just stick with it. Yeah. Um, okay. I guess we can. I don't know what it. <laughs> what what can we even say without spoiling? Well, I think we could say a few things. I mean, first of all, um, the book is uh, sort of focused on this, uh, what Republic, what's it called? The Republic Fair or the mm-hmm. Green? No, mm-hmm. Is it the Republic Fair? Yep. Okay. Um, so it's centered around that event, uh, which, you know, has been um, out there for a long time and talked about uh, frequently. And, um, you know, that was something that... Uh, was discussed um, in the first wave of books that that was, you know, the plan and something that was going to happen, et cetera. Um, so that's kind of where it's it's focused around that event. I mean, you know more than I do because you've read the entire book, but it seems like in the same way, the uh, great disaster was kind of the 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 event that the first wave of books was 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 built around. It seems like this Republic Fair is is the event that the second wave will be centered on. Um, I think we could say that so far, anyways, it focuses on uh, Stellan Geos, Elzar Man, um, Bel Zedifar, uh, who I think is a fan favorite from yep. the first wave. So it focuses on those characters. Um, 
And uh, it's a little different, though. It's definitely a little different than than Light of the Jedi uh, in the sense that that book started off like, you know, ramped up to a thousand right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the uh, plot structure of this one is definitely more of a traditional, um, you know, kind of uh, Star Wars book or just, you know, kind of traditional plot structure in the sense that we're building towards things mm-hmm. um, at a more kind of expected pace, I feel like. Um, so yeah, all those things are, are there. I mean, it, it very much is like, you know, a direct sequel to light of the Jedi, I think is, is the feeling so far. Um, and I guess too, from what I've read so far, if you found the Nile interesting, if you enjoyed the Nile, um, in light of the Jedi, uh, we're definitely kind of digging into that more and specifically more into Martian row uh, or Markian row, I think is the pronunciation but in, into Marky and Roe and there's I, I think quite a few chapters um at least early in the book more than I expected that are that do feature him and kind of dig into his character too yeah yep definitely a lot more insight on the Nile and their um motivations and plans um and how uh yeah I'll just say that <laughs> okay all right <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, I mean, what about like, can you say, uh, you know, without getting into details, but just like kind of overall rating there, Ryan, not rating like a number, Mm -hmm. but you know, like what's your, what's your takeaway here? Like you love this book, your halvesies on this book. It's the best book of the high Republic era. You're concerned about the high Republic era after reading Mm -hmm. rising storm. I mean, where are you at with this book now? Yeah. I mean, I would say, um, well, I read it in two days. Um, which I think says a lot, um, for a, you know, 400 something page book. Um, but also it's like, it's a pretty easy read, um, despite like, you know, being like hefty. Um, yeah, I would, this book, I would rate really highly from my perspective, um, because it does a lot of things that I'm interested in. Um, in Star Wars, and I think, uh, you know, your mileage may vary, um, on this. I mean, for me, it's easily the best book of the High Republic era. Um, some people are definitely not gonna like it as much, um, compared to like High Republic and even, um, you know, some of the, the YA books, I think. Um, but for me, it really, it really landed just because it, you know, it hit a lot of the Star Wars stuff that interests me. Um, and I think it's just, uh, you know, just a really well told story as well. Okay. Okay. Good to hear. Um, is it light on uh, kind of big action or sort of big, uh, explosive, you know, kind of chapters? Is that why you think people are gonna not like it as much potentially? Um, I think, no, like there's definitely action, um, but I think there's kind of like an asterisk to the, the action where like things are cool and then, um, but there's always like a, oh, that was, that was cool. But uh, this is complicated. 
kind of thing. Um, I think, like, I guess what I'll say is, you know, it it definitely takes things a little bit like beyond the black and white. Oh, of okay. of Star Wars in the in the action and the conflict, and it muddies things a bit and adds some complications to characters and just you know the the era as a whole the republic as a whole um and uh yeah and i think you know it just it's really got me uh got me thinking about you know what's uh what's going to come next and um you know what different characters arcs are going to be and what the arc of the Republic is going to be. Mm, okay. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I'm looking uh, forward to, or I'm, I'm pretty interested in as far as the high Republic is concerned is, um, you know, how the, how it will depict the, the philosophies and the, um, the uh, dogma and uh, the hierarchy and all that stuff of the Jedi order, you know, a couple centuries removed from the, uh, the era that we are familiar with and are more familiar with. So um, I'm, I'm curious to see how this book will potentially explore some of those things. Um, and it does. Uh, it does. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, yep. good, 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 good. So, I mean, I know they have uh, plenty of time here with the high Republic to dig into a lot of that kind of stuff too. Mm-hmm. So, um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting to hear then that it'll get into some of those um, potentially challenging uh, subjects, you know, so mm-hmm. I like that. Okay. All right, cool. Well, um, yeah, hopefully by the next time we record, uh, well, I'm sure I'll, I will finish the book by the next time we record, um, whether or not we'll, uh, dig into it on that episode or the next one, I guess we'll see, but, uh, we, we certainly will have a, uh, more in-depth discussion here of the rising storm coming up on the blockade runner podcast. I'm looking forward to it. Star Wars Visions is going to be an exciting anime anthology series coming to Disney Plus in September. Japanese animation inspired a lot of the people at Lucasfilm over the years. We loved the idea of seeing Star Wars expressed in that way. Each one of these studios that we approached, we found hardcore Star Wars fans. They all had a story they wanted to tell. もう初めてスターウォーズの企画って言ってるのもあれなんかこの were looking for something from the heart and soul of the individual creators. They are their visions through the lens of Star Wars. There are so many genres at play, big and bold, romantic and sweeping, funny, comedic. で、えっと、この作品独自のえっと、ロックオペラということで、日本の山岳文化みたいなことをしっかり描けたらな。暗黒教の双子が生まれて、これがどうなるのかっていうのが基本的な設定ですね。
We tried to have some retro, vintage feeling. We couldn't skip the Astro Boy influence. People love Astro Boy. どちらかといえば自分は最初象徴的な意味をまあさっき言ったようにまあ人間の姿をしてない主人公にしたかったスターズみたいな時代劇を作りたいまあスタートパダワンが未知の敵みたいな遭遇するっていうお話ですね本当
uh, you know, producers, um, executive producers um, involved in uh, visions and, you know, just hearing them talk about the project was really cool. Um, and it was, you know, night, it was fun to hear, um, you know, people talking about the, uh, the amount of love for anime, uh, within Lucasfilm, um, and then vice versa, the, the love of star Wars within like the Japanese anime industry as Mm. well. Um, so yeah, it was just, you know, it was just really, really fun. And then obviously we got, um, a ton of information about it as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we really didn't know anything about this at all, um, you know, before this weekend, before this panel, I feel like. So um, a lot of questions were were answered, I suppose, um, in terms of the uh, the content and the release and all that kind of thing. So uh, we're going to be discussing this um, sort of what article that went up on StarWars.com. Uh, 20 things that we learned from the uh, panel. Um, but uh, yeah, cause they kind of break down the, the details and uh, list out all the key information that was revealed uh, during the panel mm-hmm. there, which you could have done for us, Ryan, since you watched it live, but uh, got a nice uh, kind of compact version of all this stuff here on starwars.com. So we'll link to that. Um, first thing that we did not know that we now do is that it's coming out on September 22nd. Um, on Disney Plus, of course. So I'm assuming that means um, all of the uh, the Star Wars Visions shorts, all of the content will release that same day? Uh, correct. And that's the impression that they gave? or the yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, cool. Now, one thing that's not part of this uh, 20 Things We Learned article that I'm curious about is, um, I know they're referring to these as uh, anime shorts, right? But did they kind of give any um, indication of the 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 length of these i mean i'm sure they're all different lengths but yeah did they, they discuss did that at all they didn't nope. know okay so do you what do you think like do you have any uh any kind of guesses as to like like what do you expect uh lengthwise for these like five minutes or longer or what do you think i think there's some that could be like three to five minutes mm-hmm. um and then some i think could be longer 10 to 15 just by like kind of the synopsis that they gave, but I also wouldn't be surprised if, um, you know, everything was like five minutes or less. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, when you're looking, we're looking here at nine, um, nine different, uh, shorts. So even at like five minutes each, that's still like, you know, 45 minutes, worth of content yeah. here. Um, yeah. But if they go a little longer, we could be, you know, approaching like the hour, hour and a half mark. So. Right, right, right. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Uh, so we know that there's going to be nine of them. We know they're coming out on September 22nd. Um, we do have titles for um, all of them. Um, and the video uh, that was, you know, put out on star Wars, uh, YouTube after the event, uh, I'm sure it was shown during the event as well. Um, kind of shows uh, uh, concept art and I guess production art for uh, each of these. I think for all of them, right? It showed a little bit 
um, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. all of them. But it, uh, they didn't show in, in that video. There's no actual, you know, animated uh, footage. And I'm assuming they didn't show anything like that in the, um, the panel either. Yeah, I think they. Oh, now I'm trying to remember um, if they were just showing still images because they mm. showed like frames from the animation, but I'm not sure if they showed anything like moving, yeah, actually yeah. animated. Right, right, right. So, yeah. Uh, and if they did, it was very, very brief. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, do we want to run through the titles here? Yeah. Um, and so before we get into this, I think um, something that's definitely worth mentioning is a big focus of the panel was Lucasfilm saying that they wanted to give these creators full creative freedom mm. and they didn't want to like tell them that they couldn't do something um, because, you know, they really wanted this to be a vision um, of the studios. Um, so, uh, so these are ostensibly not canon, uh, for what that's worth, which I think is a really good choice here. Um, because I think, you know, if you're going to do something like this and say like, okay, Japanese creators, we want you to go all out on this, but it has to be set during this time frame and, oh, you can't use that character and, oh, you can't have them doing that or have that color lightsaber. Like, as as soon as you start putting those caveats on there, I think it becomes less special um, and obviously less of a creative vision. So, uh, yeah, I think for this project, I think uh, it not being canon is such a good choice. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I would echo your sentiments. Um, I think, yeah, for sure. I would prefer it not be canon because I would just, you know, prefer not for the, uh, prefer for the creators to not be constrained in that way. Um, and I think it takes pressure off of it too. And hopefully will um, kind of uh, mitigate or reduce uh, the annoying conversations and arguments that could stem from it being canon. You know what I mean? Where people would be, I don't know, nitpicking things and just being really uh, uh, uptight about certain elements of it. I, I mean, I, I just hope that uh, with it not being canon uh, or whatever, that people will be a little more relaxed about it and, um, and be willing to, uh, to like watch a different kind of star Wars. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think, for sure that's the way to go um no it is interesting because like i I, you know feel like until this weekend we didn't know for sure even if it was like anime retellings of like you know different moments in established star wars storytelling already you know Mm -hmm. um and from what i can tell it seems like it's all original stories it's not at all trying to you know kind of like revisit um moments from star Wars movies or anything like that. So, uh, I'm also happy about that. I'd prefer that. I think, you know, uh, the idea of like some really richly, beautifully animated, you know, sequence from, uh, an iconic sequence, like in this style, I bet that, that would be cool too. It's not that mm-hmm. I wouldn't like that. I would. Um, but I think this is more interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like that would have been, you know, uh, another thing that would have been cool, but, um, you know, 
not as special because we we get that with like the galaxies of galaxy of adventures and stuff like those animated retellings of moments but what's really cool about this is it seems to be all new characters as well um from what i can tell and that's not to say that you know characters we know will not show up but um i think something that really you know excites me here is seeing that in what they showed these were like all new characters and they were really created you know from you know kind of a a a japanese perspective um and that that makes me really happy yeah yeah absolutely so Um, i'll just run through the um the studios in the the shorts here um so it's seven studios uh uh making nine shorts um so uh kamikaze doga is doing the duel gino studio lop and ocho uh studio colorido uh tattooing rhapsody which is a rock opera uh Studio Trigger, this is one that I'm super excited about. Um, I'm a huge fan of their work. Um, They are, uh, it's a studio started by um, an uh, ex-key animator on Evangelion, uh, who came from Gainax. Um, So they do just amazing, visually, visually amazing um, work. They had a film uh, from 2019 called uh, Promare or uh, Purome uh, in Japanese, and it is so, so good. Um, it's just so visually stunning. Um, I highly recommend that to get a taste of their style, but they are doing two, um, which is great news. Uh, the Twins and The Elder and then uh, Kinema Citrus is doing The Village Bride. Uh, Science Saru is doing Akakiri and T0B1. And Production IG is doing The Ninth Jedi. And Production IG is another, um, I, th- I believe they're the longest running studio um, in these creators. Uh, they are just a legendary anime studio um they have they did the original uh ghost in the shell uh film they worked on uh pat labor the movie the evangelion um theatrical releases jinro blood the last vampire uh they did the um the animation sequence in kill bill uh if you remember that and uh, they've just they've done so so much um, over the years, um, both in films and television. So um, amazing, amazing studio there. So I'm really excited to see uh, see what they do with Star Wars. Hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I of course, um, like well, maybe I shouldn't say of course, but I. <laughs> I uh, don't have much knowledge of uh, anime, certainly not of the studios, you know, that produce it or their reputations or anything like that. So, um, you know, for me, I'm like more intrigued by the the titles that I see listed mm-hmm, there, mm-hmm. you know, 
Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, watching the video, of course, you get a glimpse at uh, each of these. So, you know, you kind of get a look at what, um, you know, they're going to be going for and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I feel like uh, it seems like the series, uh, at least the way they're listed here, is bookended by these um, these two kind of, um, I don't know, they, they feel like they're maybe a little more traditionally Star Wars and a little more mm. like uh, a little more epic feeling kind of the duel, you know, and the ninth Jedi. Um, and then it does feel like some of the ones in between, uh, and you know, this is just speculation obviously, but it seems like some of the ones in between maybe are where they're going to play around with things and be a little more, um, I, I don't know, like you mentioned Tatooine Rhapsody, the rock opera, right? Like that's, <laughs> that seems like a pretty compelling, pretty interesting, pretty different kind of star Wars thing. Um, whereas like the duel and the ninth Jedi, uh, just, you know, from initial impressions or assumptions, I guess I'm making here feel like they're going to really kind of fuse like a very traditional sort of star Wars storytelling with, you know, Japanese culture and aesthetics and things like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'm here for all of it. I'm, 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 I'm definitely interested in, in all of it, but I think, uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be cool to see, um, you know, a different, because like the whole, the anime thing is a different approach to star Wars. Right. But like Mm -hmm. even within that and within this, uh, anthology it feels like there's really going to go off in a lot of different directions and um uh, a lot of different uh uh different takes on it and and different approaches and you know um it'll be stylistically really different um from from short to short so that's pretty yeah. exciting yeah i mean just some of the, like the vibes um from uh the different shorts i think the ones that like really stood out to me was um the duel which is going to be uh, black and white um, with uh, it says here on the, on the um, post here that there'll yeah. be splashes of color for certain elements like lightsabers. Um, so that, you know, this is the one that like, this feels like, Oh, this is going to be like the K- Kurosawa uh, inspired, you oh. know, one here with like, yeah. just, black and white and obviously kurosawa was a huge influence on star wars and um so it's it's so so cool to see that kind of coming around full circle yeah and that's the same one the duel uh where they reveal here that the uh or i guess in the concept art in the in the video but they reveal that there's a samurai-esque jedi and sith but also an astromech droid with a straw hat uh, which so, is excellent yes yeah it's so cool <laughs> like i yeah i'm really excited for this one you know yeah yeah um yeah and i think the the twins is another one that i'm really excited for that's the uh the studio trigger one um and that is where they kind of like go all in on the kind of stylistic elements. It, it actually looks a lot like the animation in Promare, um, which uh, I just, again, like I, that is a movie that I watched and just couldn't, I like could not get over like how every single frame of that film just looks insane. Um, and so, yeah, seeing like a Star Wars story in that style is just, it's so, so cool and so exciting. Yeah. Now, uh, one of the, the, the last two kind of um, notes here on the article are about the, uh, 
how do you pronounce it? Lop and Ocho. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So apparently that's going to feature what well, we saw the character, um, a bunny type character. Is that what it said? Uh, where is this? Yep. Yeah. Space bunny. There it mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Space bunny. Um, that one, um, you know, I'm sure it's going to be cool. Um, should be interesting. That style. I don't know what, what, how you describe that style of anime or if there's a name for that kind of look or whatever, but, uh, that one might challenge me a little bit in terms of, you know, I, I don't, uh, I don't love the look of, of that kind mm-hmm. of thing, uh, right off the bat, you know what I mean? <laughs> Initially. So we'll see. That's yeah. a little like super cutesy, I guess. Right. It's, it's a little furry. Yeah. Some furry yeah, vibes yeah. there, but yeah, you know, strong furry vibes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we've, uh, Hey, that's cool. Um, you know, there's something for everyone here and I think that's, you know, I think that's fantastic. And I think like it is inevitable that with, nine or I guess seven very disparate approaches to uh, these stories. Like there's inevitably going to be stuff that resonates more or less, I would say across this. I think this is like, um, you know, this is (laughs) sequel trilogy times 2000 with just the, you know, different, different visions um, here. And, you know, there's no need for them to be unified or anything. So I think some stuff is going to land um, more or less um, with people. Um, One other one I do want to mention is uh, T0B1, um, which is from uh, Science Saru. And This one um, is about a droid who wants to become a Jedi, uh, which is, you know, it's something we have seen explored in Star Wars Tales comics. Um, But, or I guess that was like a Force-sensitive droid. But this is a droid who wants to be a a Jedi and aspires to be one, um, which I think is just like a really cute concept. And the uh the art and the design for this one is very very much inspired by um astro boy which is just you know a, a seminal uh japanese work of manga and and animation and you know it also you know astro boy went on to inspire stuff like mega man um and things that like we grew up with um so i think uh that one is going to uh um be uh be really really fun really uh really cute um and then science saru is doing uh another one called akakiri and what's interesting about that is the sound designer of the original astro boy anime is lending his talents to akakiri um so there's definitely some uh, some cool Astro Boy inspirations and connections here. Cool. Yeah. Quite the pedigree then, huh? Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. All right. Um, yeah. So, well, let's see. We're, we're early July, I guess, but uh, only a little more than two months away from this releasing, I think. Is that correct? So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Two and a half months, maybe. 
Um, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, I wonder if they'll put out a trailer. I would, they'll probably will, right? They have to, I would think, um, just to let kind of people know what's, what's coming, but, um, oh, wow. I am so, uh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking at this star Wars, uh, com article, Ryan, of course, 20 things mm-hmm. we learned. And, you know, I really should have known that the article wasn't over at this thing about lop and Ocho because it's, it says number 10, you know, uh-huh. but yeah, then yeah, as yeah. I scroll down, there's like the Hulu Disney plus ESPN plus, uh, logo. And I'm like, Oh, well that's the ad at the bottom of the article. So I never mm-hmm. even scrolled to the other half of the things we learned about star Wars visions. Oh yeah. Oops. Yeah, yeah, there's a whole other 20 half. is not 10. 20 is not 10. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, well, uh, I won't comment on it, I guess, too much right now because I'm just reading it for the first time. But is there anything from the second half here you want to? Um, um, well, I mentioned the stuff about like the Astro Boy connections. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, okay. And then uh, the Ninth Jedi, uh, there's the score for it was recorded at the Musa Kawasaki Symphony Hall. Mm. Um, which is an acclaimed modern venue. Um, so that's going to have like a cool full symphonic uh, score to it. So I think I think you're right in talking about that one feeling very epic uh, mm. for sure. So um, yeah, that'll be that'll be really cool. Um, just a, a few like just kind of asides um, and just kind of you know takeaways that I had from this whole thing. Um, something that was really cool in um, the the panel is they were talking about how, um, you know, obviously Star Wars has influenced Japanese creators in so many ways. And I think like when I kind of go back and I think about like, kind of the the seminal Japanese works, the things that I enjoy the most about um, Japanese entertainment and like the stuff that really resonated for me when I was younger. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of it was informed by Star Wars. And so I think about stuff like Mobile Suit Gundam, uh, which is you know, that released in 1979, it was, you know, in the, you know, era of everything science fiction being, um, inspired by star Wars. And like, you have robots with lightsabers, um, in it. And then, you know, in, in video games, um, some of the, the early Final Fantasy games were, you know, really Final Fantasy four in particular follows like a very similar um, kind of like hero's journey uh, plot structure um, as a new hope and um, also hits uh, some very similar uh, plot beats um, with the characters as in, as in star Wars. Um, And then, you know, and then like more obviously stuff like the the game series Fantasy Star, super inspired by um, Star Wars and like the visual styles and um, everything and the world building and all that. So, um, yeah, it was, you know, it was really cool hearing hearing all that. But then on the flip side, um, you know, the I think there's so many 
creators within Lucasfilm, um, you know, especially in the animation department and especially people like Dave Filoni, who have been incredibly inspired by, um, you know, Japanese culture, Japanese film, but also Japanese animation. Like we, we had Dave, um, you know, on the episode and we've, um, you know, read some of his uh, emails and, you know, it was probably, I don't know, like a, a year ago almost when um, we were talking about like Princess Mononoke and the um, inf- influence that movie had on um, Dave Filoni's episode of Mandalorian, the Jedi. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's so cool. Like this is just, this is something where, you know, and we've had, we've had those star Wars, like manga adaptations. Um, you know, there's plenty of like star Wars, you know, Japan exclusive star Wars merch. Um, so it's always kind of been there, but like, it's, it's interesting that it's kind of, you know, taken until now for this sort of thing to like actually happen. But um, I'm really glad it's happening now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, as I said, we're like two and a half months away, so um, pretty excited. Uh, it'll be one of those things where, like, what Bad Batch, which we're gonna move into talking about here in just a second, but Bad Batch mm-hmm. will be wrapping up, I think, in August. Um, so that'll be really nice to have this. Um, maybe a month or so after bad batch wraps up to have some new, you know, star Wars animation. Um, not quite the same thing. It's not going to be a week to week, you know, 22 mm-hmm. minute episode, um, kind of series, but it will definitely be nice to have this, um, in the, uh, in the fall and, uh, you know, kind of in between bad batch and then, um, book of Boba Fett, I, I believe is the plan. Yeah. And then, um, you know, there may be more to come from this too. Cause we know that there's the star Wars visions, um, kind of inspired like novel Uh, i think it's a novel right that's coming out so we know that's happening and uh you know this being an anthology and all the stories being kind of unconnected or whatever um certainly there's the opportunity for more of this uh in the future too i would think so yeah uh, and i mean we have the high republic manga um that's coming Mm. uh that original story and then also um you know the continued uh, manga adaptations uh, of Rebels and Leia, Princess of Alderaan, which have been just fantastic um, across the board. So I'm, uh, I'm love. I am, you know, as as they say, you love to see it, and uh, I, in particular, love to see it. And I think you know this is this is all well and good. And now, can we please get? a Japanese developed Star Wars video game, (laughs) please. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
Oof, yeah, that would be great. Um, all right, cool. So Star Wars Visions, very exciting. Um, let's move into, Ryan, something I, I would guess you're equally excited about. Um, episode 10 of The Bad Batch, Common Ground, um, <laughs> which released on Friday. No, I don't know. I always give you the business for not being, um, you know, 2,000% excited about The Bad Batch. But uh, you've been very fair to the show, so I should stop razzing you, I guess. Um, but I just wish you didn't hate the show so much. Uh, this <laughs> <laughs> this episode, I think, was really good. Um, to me, it was uh, a, a little bit of a... Um, it's interesting because there's a lot of action, you know, and it was a, it was a kind of a big episode on that level. But as far as like kind of really pushing the story um, or having any kind of big moments or reveals or anything like that, I feel like this was a little more um, relaxed kind of episode, you know. So I'm um, I'm sure that we're headed into kind of a a final third push here with the show. But uh, this one. I don't know. It's just, it's just, uh, I watched it this morning. Um, I had a really busy weekend, so I didn't actually get to it until this morning. So I watched it this morning and I thought like, um, you know, this is one of those episodes where to me, I really enjoyed it. But like when it was over, it didn't, it didn't leave me, um, you know, kind of mind running sort of thing. Like a lot of them do. Um, but then I was like, I bet a lot of people will like it though. Cause I had like some great action sequences and you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. so kind of depending on what you're looking for, you know, um, maybe similar to what you were saying about the rising storm, depending on what you kind of want out of your bad batch episodes. This one's maybe either, you know, pretty good or could be like a favorite to some people, I think, mm. um, cause of the big action stuff. Um, what was your kind of like overall impression of the episode? Uh, there was, there was definitely some stuff I liked in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought like, I thought the opening, um, the first few minutes was really cool with, um, the empire occupying, uh, Raxus, um, yeah. which is, uh, a, a, a clone wars throwback, um, for sure, which I think is, um, you know, one of my, uh, one of my favorite uh, Clone Wars stories, I'd say, um, because I believe, um, and I probably should double check this, but um, I'm just going to go with it anyways. Uh, I believe Raxus is where uh, Padme met up with her, uh, her, I guess, peer, um, who was a separatist. Um, mm. And I remember like, you know, the the conversations that they had and like Ahsoka being like, how can you, you know, how can you even interact with this person? They're a separatist. They're the bad guys. Um, you know, and the lesson that she kind of learned through that, um, I thought was one of like the, the smartest, uh, Clone Wars episodes. Um, and yeah, I thought that was, uh, really fantastic. So seeing it kind of come back to Raxus and, um, you know, with the, the empire now occupying that planet and, um, you know, stuff like, uh, space cops, uh, breaking up peaceful protests with heavy artillery, um, Mm. having some kind of, you know, real world, uh, applications i guess uh stuff happening there i thought that was just like a really uh powerful powerful kind of start to the episode and then um and then when you know then it 
kind of cuts to the bad batch and uh then they have like they when they're getting their mission i thought um something was that was really interesting was um hunter being like oh no they're separatists we're no way are we going to help them <laughs> kind yeah. of thing um yeah and that was an interesting moment so uh i love the opening as well i thought that was really uh cool i mean it was super obvious it w- obvious what was going to happen but um mm-hmm. in terms of he was going to be like i can't do it you know so um but i thought it was really um a really cool opening as well and kind of a change of pace for the show you know what i mean mm-hmm. um but then yeah <laughs> like once they get the job from sid um i i guess what hunter was doing there was like covering for the fact that he I mean, like, obviously he has those feelings, like, I'm not going to go pick up a separatist or whatever. Um, but then, like, you know, she was like, yeah, you're going to because it pays you. And then he's like, okay, come over here. And then he's like, well, I can't take Omega or whatever, you know. So it was just one of those things because he was like, he said it very um, declaratively, you know, assertively, like, I'm not doing this job if it's like picking up a separatist. Like, that's a line I'm not going to cross. But then, like, 30 seconds later, he just totally crosses it, like, without a batting a second eye you know what i mean like it's just like mm-hmm. it goes from like yeah i'm not doing that to okay well will you watch uh will you babysit omega for us please um like so fast you know what i mean <laughs> um so there's a little bit of a head scratcher there i guess i don't know do you have any thoughts on that besides it's a cartoon <laughs> and they just are gonna just go through things quickly yeah i mean they you know they i i think it was cool to have that line in there yeah um but obviously they need to get to the action so <laughs> they can't just, like he can't really like they couldn't really like stop the episode and you know have him and sid kind of you know discuss yeah. the policy and stuff yeah and see like my thing is like i you know who am i to say i don't write these tv shows or whatever but like you just could adjust that line a little bit that that hunter says so that it's not so like severe and then you know like if there was any indication in the line from hunter himself that he would consider it but didn't want to do it but you know what i mean like because he says like there's no way i'm doing that and he's like you know if he could have just said something along the lines of like i really don't i mean this doesn't sound like hunter but like i'm not comfortable with picking up a separatist or something like you know what i mean like anything where it's just like you want me to pick up a separatist, you know, something like that. That's not so just like, I will not do that yeah. so that then he can walk over to her and be like, okay, obviously I'm going to do it, but you know, will you babysit? Like it just, it just doesn't, you know, one line does not connect to the next, you know what I mean? In a weird way. Um, so I don't know. It, I mean, it's not a big deal, but it was one of the, it definitely pulled me out of it for a second. Cause I was like, mm. why did he just say he won't do it? If he's just going to fold like, immediately you know what i mean um <laughs> seconds later you know so yeah. anyway um, i'll, I'll say on, one line that pulled me out of this episode uh is this was, the thing you texted me about and you said like yeah. okay I, yeah <laughs> yes, i didn't pick up I, on it i think i'm the only person in the world bothered by this i have not seen much chatter on twitter about this okay. i don't know if i'm bothered bothered or i think it's super cool um they, they mentioned draconian tactics Oh yeah, um, in the episode. So, and you're like, that doesn't exist in Star Wars. Like that reference wouldn't exist in Star Wars. So, so no, what that means is, I think Draco, the ancient Greek uh, legislator, uh, is canon. 
in Star Wars. Okay. Okay, So, you know, Star Wars occurs after ancient Greece. Mm Mm-hmm. What I've kind of deduced from that. Yeah, but that doesn't make sense because it was a long time ago. Well, so was ancient Greece. And, it, you know, that felt like a galaxy far, far away. So you're thinking a long time ago and a galaxy far, far away was like 600 years ago, but just like, I, okay. Yeah, maybe. Some, I guess somehow they knew. Like, okay. Yeah. I'd, Actually, you know, that does make sense. It could have been a long time ago, just not that long ago, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. I mean, right. you know, like you you ask like kids what's, you know, what's a long time ago and they're like, the 1980s yeah so it's you know it's all a matter of perspective all right yeah that line didn't bother me but this is like um this is a a thing that people do talk about like you know when when han solo says then i'll see you in hell yeah well he shouldn't know about hell like what is that you know so um hello hell exists hell awaits mm. Mm-hmm. In our minds, right? Okay. Um, so yeah, so they do take the job. They leave. Uh, they leave Omega with uh, Sid, and they go out and take on the job. Um, and uh, you know, like we, uh, I guess, like I, I kind of felt like with uh, Omega being left with Sid, that maybe what was going to go down would be uh, a thing where she realizes like how valuable Omega is, and was there going to be some danger with her trying to like get the bounty on Omega or something? But um, it was more wholesome than that. She just, uh, you know, told her to scrub the cantina and uh, stop being so mopey. So um, it didn't really go anywhere like that. Although, of course, like, um, I guess you could say Sid helped Omega find a way to be useful, even though, you know, she didn't get to go on the mission. So that was cool. But um, did you expect it to be a thing where maybe Sid was going to be you know, putting Omega in uh, danger when they were gone or, uh, no, no. I mean, that's okay. not where my head went, but it definitely would have been possible. Like, mm. sure. Okay. Um, okay. All right. Well, um, I guess back with the bad batch, then they, uh, they have to break in and, uh, and, uh, rescue Senator Singh. Um, you know, some good, some good action stuff in there. They do kind of, uh, throughout the, the, the sequence, um, kind of wrestle a little bit with the fact that they're doing this job for a separatist, but, uh, they, they kind of give the, uh, the droid, what's the name of that droid? Um, GS eight, they kind of give GS eight, uh, a rough time, uh, repeatedly, like, I don't know if we can trust you, you're a separatist, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously it's not a trap and they, they get in um, and uh, are able to, through some pretty sweet action sequences, able to uh, to rescue um, Senator Singh and break him out. Um, and uh, I guess, you know, like, I don't know, do you have anything to say about the whole kind of conflict with, uh, with them having to sort of, um, I guess, team up with a a separatist there and, and you know how that kind of plays out um you know in in some ways i'm like you know my initial my first thought was like you know dudes like I, the you kind of know who the bad guy is at this point <laughs> um you know following mm-hmm. the events of that war uh the following the events of the clone wars uh so it's kind of weird that you're like 
hanging on to these prejudices, even though like you, you totally got worked uh, on, on this. Um, but that's very true to just people um, right. in general. And, you know, that's part of, you know, nationalism and wartime thoughts um, in general. Yeah, but also, like, one of the things that's interesting about that whole dynamic um, and, and the whole thing that goes on during the Clone Wars is like, okay, well, yeah, I mean, obviously the Republic becomes the Empire and the Empire are the bad guys, right? But during the Clone Wars and, you know, preceding it, I suppose you'd say, like, the Republic isn't really the bad guys then, too, and we just don't know it. It's just that the guy in charge is, you know, I mean, I mean, obviously he as a result of his quest for power kind of turns them into the bad guys. And he has them, you know, including the clones, like fighting this unjust war, obviously. Right. So, I mean, in in that sense, it's like, yes, you know, they are um, involved in this conflict that is, you know, uh, artificial and selfish and all those things. But like, you know, the Republic as a, a larger kind of entity and the, you know, kind of the clones that make up the Republic and the Jedi that are leading the clone army. And, you know, at least a lot of the senators, I guess you'd say, or some of the senators, like they're not all, you know, sort of like they, they're hoodwinked too. So it's, it's like one of those things where it's like, okay, at this point, the empire has become like the bad guys, but you know, during the Clone Wars and before the Republic were like sort of being manipulated by a bad guy into completely like, um, you know, subverting their own values and kind of, uh, um, you know, acting in a way that's not in line with what they think they are or what they should be. But it's a little different, you know, because I guess, it, and and the, the converse of that is like um, the separatists, you know, that that's actually really interesting. It's something that the Clone Wars show does explore and like is explored a little bit here too. But it's like, okay, because the separatists, um, you know, they're, I feel like when you see them being led by Dooku or you see them being led by Asajj Ventress or something, it's like, oh yeah, they're the bad guys, you know? And obviously the mm-hmm. droids are whatever. But when when you really dig into it and think about it, it's like, okay, well, I don't know. Some of these, what is it called? The Confederacy of Independent Systems. I think that's what it's called, right? It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, like they just want to have freedom and not be controlled by this giant republic, you know? And so the, that's, because in the Clone Wars, they're sort of, bad guys right but like i don't i don't know um you you have a lot of sympathy for the cause or at least i do you know have a lot of sympathy with for what their um you know kind of purpose or cause was and i think it's in both cases i guess during the clone wars you have these controlling entities that are manipulating the vast majority of the the people and even like the military that you know kind of fights on either side of the those causes and it's only after the clone wars end and the empire is established that you actually have like a truly clear cut, like, you know, uh, bad guy, good guy <laughs> kind of breakdown. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Which yeah. is, I mean, something everybody, I guess it's kind of like, I just feel like, yeah, we've like, we always understand that, you know, but we don't really talk about it that much. I think it's, it's, I don't think I like broke any ground there. I think it's pretty right. obvious, but it's also not something that like we really address very much. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think it's, like, extra important to this episode. And I think, again, like, um, you know, I kind of mentioned earlier, like, I think it's setting this episode on Raxus 
is important because of, you know, that, that Clone Wars connection where you had Padme be like, well, no, these are just, these are people, they have valid concerns. And then, you know, and then you have other people being like, no, they're, they're terrorists. They're the enemy, um, et cetera. Um, And, you know, you even have, you know, Padme in Revenge of the Sith saying, you know, do you ever consider that we're on the wrong side? Hmm. Um, so yeah, the, the, again, it's like, it's not breaking new grounds, but I think it is like worth discussing in, you know, in this con in this context. And, um, I think it's, uh, something that is lightly explored in this episode. And of course, you know, I'm a big fan of, um, you know, Star Wars galactic politics. So I would have liked it to been explored more, but also this isn't really a show that does that um, sort of thing. Um, So, but it was, you know, there are enough allusions to past things to the state of the galaxy and stuff that it's still like, it still resonated um, a bit here. And I think it is like an interesting thing to bring up um, on, on the show. Well, and I, yeah, for sure. And I just think it's, it's interesting to consider like, what do like Hunter and, you know, the rest of the Bad Batch, like how do they kind of interpret the Republic that they fought for, you know, before it was, before it became the empire, like at this point, how do they view that? Because like, clearly at this point, they look at the rest of the clones and think like, you're fighting for this empire. This empire is evil. Like, we're not going to be like, you basically are our enemies now because we're not on that side anymore. But, you know, at the same time, I don't think they're at a place where they're looking back at the Republic before it became the empire and thinking the Republic was like, totally wrong. You know what I mean? Um, And so I, I, I don't think they would look back at their time during the Clone Wars and think, oh, well, actually, the Confederacy of separate independent systems, they were right all along. I think they would mm-hmm. look back at that and think like they were wrong to challenge the Republic. But now the Republic is wrong to have become the Empire. So, you know, we're not going to support the Empire. But I, I, I would think they probably still look back at like the Clone Wars themselves as being... I mean, at least somewhat just, you know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. And will this, like, throughout the course of the show, will they start to learn more and more about, like, what they were doing and why they were doing it and start to look at it differently or, you know what I mean? So, but yeah, I'm not surprised that that they still, you know, detest the separatists because I think they still believe in what they did. They just don't believe in what the Empire now does, you know what I mean? I don't know if that makes sense or not, but yeah, yeah. I think it is just like, uh, (laughs) the, the growth that needs to happen is the, is making that connection. (laughs) Mm. I think. Yeah. Um, For, for those characters, right. For them to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so they do, uh, they do break out the Senator. Um, he is reticent to (laughs) actually leave, um, mm-hmm. but then they're like, well, listen, if you stay here, cause he's like, I got to stay and help my people. I can't just mm-hmm. leave, which I think that was good. And you know, yeah. um, it makes sense, right? Like, um, cause it's one thing to be like, Hey, uh, GS eight, like get somebody to break me out. Like when I get arrested so I can escape. But then when you have to look back at, 
you know, your planet and knowing those people are under the boot of the empire, you're about to hop on a ship and just take off. Um, I think like being, you know, confronted with that, like visually, you know, looking out and seeing that, um, you know, it does make sense to me that he would be like not wanting to leave, even though like from a logical perspective, it's like, you can't accomplish anything by staying there. You'll just yeah, be you'll, also, you'll just be arrested there. again. Yeah. Like, or yeah, killed. yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. Cause actually in all reality, you know what I mean? Like this dude is dead before this episode even really goes anywhere. If, if, if it's not, you know, like a constructed story like this, because mm-hmm. I think that the, the, the level of, um, of, uh, authoritarianism or whatever that the empire is at here. Like they would just kill that guy, you know, mm-hmm. um, I would assume. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's not, it's not logical. Um, but I think like it, there's an emotional logic to it where I could see a character, you know, doing that. I could see him feeling that way, saying those things. Um, but, uh, but yeah, luckily he's talked out of it and he takes off. So, um, it'll be interesting to see, like, I don't think we'll see that character again. Like, I don't know. Could be, um, could be that, that he's involved, um, going forward. I mean, I was really thinking early in this episode when they took the job uh, or when she kind of like laid out what the job was. And I still think this, but I mean, I thought I might see it in this episode. I was like, Oh, okay. Well, we're, we're, maybe this is going to be like a backdoor method of getting them to be fighting, you know, with the rebellion uh, here, you know, and I was kind of half expecting like them to take the bounty to somebody from the rebellion or, you know, Rex to show up or Ahsoka to show up or something. Um, but I mean, I, I think that's where this is all going. I mean, obviously I think that's where the show is going, but I even think like this storyline here, um, with them, you know, kind of breaking out a separatist and, and, uh, having this kind of job, um, or this kind of, uh, yeah, this kind of job, I think that that's where we're, that's where that's going to take them. You know what I mean? Um, closer and closer to actually just like stopping, like ceasing to resist joining the rebellion and just being part of it. Mm-hmm. You think so? Yeah. I mean, again, like I think this is one of the things like I've said about this show a few times. Like I still just like don't, know what the end goal is um or you know what the you know where it's not necessarily like where it's leading but like um you know what what is this show like really about um and you know i guess like the closest thing i can figure out is just like protecting omega um which is like a major theme but like obviously they're also getting embroiled in like the galactic conflict as well and like we've had Saw Gerrera and his troops like introduced um in this and it's like I don't feel like those would be narrative dead ends um but maybe <laughs> um so yeah I I feel like there's something that's going to connect like you know, what, what they did in this episode and meeting Saw Gerrera and stuff, but also I could just as easily see it like that completely dropped, um, mm. as well. Um, so I don't, I just, I don't really know. 
You say you don't know what the end goal is, but I feel like um, the end goal is always Ahsoka. You know what I mean? Don't you think? Oh, wow. like in, in these cartoons, it's always it's always Ahsoka. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I mean, you know, it's we're uh, yeah. No, look, man, we we, 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 we've got that uh, we've got that Disney Plus um, synergy to build here. You know, there's an Ahsoka live action show on the way. Mm -hmm. We got a we're already seeing it with High Republic and the Bounty Hunter series. You talked about that earlier, like just building that synergy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, we saw Fennec Shand in this show. Ryan, I'm not going to allow myself or us as a as a show here to uh, to uh, have the conversation, address the topic. But I will tell you that the other night I was hanging out with a friend of ours who is uh, a jaded kind of basically ex Star Wars fan at this point. Mm. Um, and uh, we uh, were talking movies and stuff. And he made the comment that um, that the the Avengers movies and the Marvel universe is what Star Wars wishes it could be in Mm. terms of like everything tying together into a larger thing and, you know, the synergy and all that stuff. Um, And uh, I don't actually totally agree with that myself. I mean, I see the point. There's an interesting point to be made there, whatever, but uh, yeah, you know, um, there's a little synergy stuff happening here, potentially, I think, right. With the bad batch, you know, it's tying like the Clone Wars, um, cartoon, which people love, um, into like a later period, new characters. Um, we're seeing Snokes and Vats. And, uh, I think <laughs> as usual, um, I think as usual, we've got Saw Gerrera acting as connective tissue between different eras and things like that. And, um, yeah, I just, I do think. I, I don't think that Star Wars just wants to be Marvel. I don't like that comment and I don't agree with it. But at the same time, I do think um, there is a concerted effort in the last year or two to really tie things together, these different you know shows and eras and characters um, to kind of find ways to tie them together into a larger fabric, which is probably a good thing. And that's cool. So um, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I think that's where we're going. And I think it makes sense for these characters too. Um, you know, just to like find a purpose. I think that that's what the show's going to, you know, I think that's where it's going. They're going to have to find a purpose of some kind because, you know, as clones who um, always knew exactly what their purpose was before, because it was, you know, ordered to them, told to them, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what they were programmed to do. Um, you know, to have that rug pulled out from under them, like they have to you now find a new purpose, right? They have to do that because they're soldiers, Ryan. Like they, they need a purpose. They need to serve, you know? So I think, um, I think finding that purpose with the rebellion to me, that's where it's got to go. Um, yeah. So I think that's where it's headed. And I think like a, an episode like this, like, um, you know, rescuing this guy and, uh, you know, they, they get paid, but they're doing something good along with it. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. I think a couple more missions like this and it's going to have to be, this is this is who we are now, and this is what we need to do. So I think that's where it's going, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think this episode and like the themes and conflict in it were an accident. Um, yeah. I don't because this is you know I think this is very different than you know r- rescuing a rancor for uh, Jabba. Like, although even in, even in that episode, there were the enslaved you know people there as well who they had the opportunity to help a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. 
I mean, that was a small part of it. It was a small yeah. part of it, but it was still them being faced with like, oh, okay, well, we're out doing this mission. Like, there are things we can do to help. You know what I mean? So, just in a tiny way. But yeah, anyway, sorry yeah. to cut you off. But Yeah, um, so I think, I, I think this is going to connect um, back. I think this particular conflict, it would be, yeah, yeah, it would almost be kind of weird if it didn't. Um, and I think obviously the Saw Gerrera stuff is going to, yeah. um, although, you know, uh, I guess the, the other thing that we should, um, touch on here is, uh, the Omega stuff. Um, uh, I continue to really feel connected to and empathize with Omega. I love the character. Um, and you know, kind of her feel bad for her you know she's like i'm one of the i'm i'm one i'm a soldier too you know what i mean i'm part mm-hmm. of this bad batch like i gotta come with and i thought that uh you know it, it showed some real um paternal growth on hunter's part that he was like okay well if you are a soldier you know omega but this is your job right now this is your order so if you want to be a good soldier this is what you got to do you know like mm-hmm. just in terms of like oh he understands her he understands what she wants he understands that she wants to contribute but he also has to keep her safe and so he's trying to find a way to to do that where she'll she'll feel like she's you know still part of the group and you know um kind of try to find that real motivation for it doesn't work <laughs> you know she's not happy mm-hmm. about it i mean it does work because she's like okay fine i'll follow orders but um she's still not thrilled to be there um and uh, uh of course you know sid is like hey you know quit pouting whatever but then um you know, when Omega demonstrates that she's got this real knack for strategy uh, through the <laughs> Jaric game. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, look, uh, <laughs> that was fun. You know, it was fun to kind of like see the Bad Batch return and find her just like surrounded by people, um, you know, impressed by her Jaric skills to be making all this money um, and uh, and whatnot. But uh you know, the couple things there is like, number one, obviously like that was pretty, the way that statement was delivered, like, Oh, I'm good at strategy. You know, um, it was, I feel like it was really delivered in a way where the show was being like, this is her superpower, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, or at least one of her superpowers. So I'm sure that's going to come into play in, uh, in future episodes, right? Like that's going to be a thing where that's kind of her. Although I don't know, cause goggles is good at that too, isn't he? Isn't that goggles' this thing? Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah. Did you like? I I, I popped. I, I I was cracking up when Sid was like, you know, can it goggles or whatever she said to him. Yeah. Bandana. I think she, to yeah. The, well, that one didn't work as well for me. I mean, yeah. it was fine, but she called Hunter bandana or whatever, and I was like, mm. I mean, I guess so. He's wearing one. You know what I mean? But it doesn't really. But I don't know. Calling the nerd goggles, I thought was great. But um, how do we get there? Um, oh, I yeah, was saying it's I, like I, a duplicate. It's it's like a, a a duplication of of the skill set there between Omega and uh, Tech a little bit. Yeah, I think that you know when we're talking about characters, stories finding their place, their end goal, um, etc. I think putting um, Omega in like a strategy role, like, uh, like a big Oracle from a uh, Batman, um, kind of thing. Um, I think in like, 
I think in some ways, like that's like good because she's also like a little kid, um, which I know like there's like this big push to like get her out there on the front lines and everything. Um, but there she she is a little kid. Um, so that's like kind of weird to just put like a gun in her hand and be like, all right, let's go, uh, let's go cause some violence. Um, oh, yeah. Kind of thing. Um, like her being a child soldier is like, I don't, I don't understand why like the show's like trying to make us want that where it's like, no, you shouldn't leave Omega behind. You should give her a gun and have her out there shooting people like that. That's weird. Do you think that the show's doing that? I think so, because the the show ends with, like, Hunter basically being like, okay, I was wrong. You can come on missions with us, you know, if you win this chess game, which she's inevitably going to win. Yeah. And then we're, like, supposed to be like, yes. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, okay, I could see, I see your point there. Um, I love that moment though, too, because it was like, it, it went down exactly how I think it, like, I'm just thinking of myself as a parent, you know what I mean? Or just, I, I can totally, I feel like that was really well plotted or written is like dad comes home and he's like super mad because it's like, my job is to keep you safe. And like mm-hmm. you putting on this show in this cantina right now is not the best way for you to stay safe. So like fly off the handle, lose your temper and then after like calming down and reflecting for a second, be like, but actually what it just happened, like demonstrates, you know, your qualities and your skill set, And I'm impressed by it. And, you know, like, cause I do think that, that that's one of the components of being a parent is, you know, you, especially when your kids are young, you feel so much that your primary job is to keep them safe and protect them that mm-hmm. you can squash their autonomy and you can, mm-hmm. you know, overprotect. And I think obviously that's what Hunter's doing there to a certain extent. And so like, um, when, when he finds out like, okay, she did all this, but it wasn't just to show off. And it wasn't because she's just a little kid who can't follow orders. And it wasn't because she was just being careless. Like she actually accomplished a lot. Like, I mean, the last couple episodes, Sid's been like, you're under my boot because, you know, you owe me money or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, she like single-handedly erased that problem for them, you know? So I think in that moment, it's sort of, I, I just really like the way that played out. And then I thought it was really sweet the way, you know, kind of faded out on them playing that game. He's like, all right, well, if you win, you can come with us. And, you know, I, I love that. I, 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 I love the fact that they didn't actually like show us that whole Dejaric match and like it would have been <laughs> corny probably and it wouldn't work that well. But to like kind of just do the little fade out from that and just have it be this like warm moment between the two of them. I thought that worked really, really well. Um, <laughs> I get your point about like the outcome of that is like she gets to go be <laughs> on these dangerous missions and stuff. But um, I think I think they'll continue to like uh, I don't know. Um, like she'll have her little, I, I don't know what that weapon is that she has, but she'll have that thing and she'll, she'll be running around with them and she'll, you know, kind of like contribute here and there. But I don't think she's going to be like the, the sixth soldier with them, you know, just engaging in nonstop violence or anything. I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's still going to be like an Anakin in the, uh, in the, um, Naboo hanger situation <laughs> where it's like, okay, you're with us and yeah, you can contribute a little bit, but like also, you know, stay over there and be safe or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. I don't know. 
Um, yeah, I think it's it's tough. Sorry, I'm sorry. I, yeah, I, go just ahead. super quick. I, I, it's tough because I think like people love this character. You want the character to be involved. You don't want the character to be hanging back on every mission. But like like you said, you also you don't want to just like turn her into a child murderer, right? So it's a tough balance to strike, right? Yeah, yeah, and I think your um, kind of you know analogy with uh, parenting makes uh, makes sense because like yeah, you want um, you want children to have autonomy, um, but also like you know they're if they have full autonomy, they're very likely to get themselves hurt <laughs> or, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause a very large problem. <laughs> um, if, you know, so like, obviously, um, you know, she needs, they need to find the role for her. Um, because like, it's, it's ridiculous to expect her to be out there doing like exactly what like Wrecker is doing. Be like, okay, you're you're part of the squad. You're doing, you know, exactly what we do. So, you know, you're yeah. you're wrecker too. Um, that just that doesn't make any sense. Um, so I think I think they need to just um, and this is like a parenting, a teacher teaching thing. Um, just anytime you're working with young children, is like you need to just establish clear um, rules and expectations. And, you know, the more clear you are about the rules, the more, you know, freedoms people understand they have. Um, And so then, you know, you kind of work within those parameters that are appropriate for a child. So, um, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, I, they do have a great resource there at Lucasfilm who I think can can help them, you know, who has a lot of experience with like threading that needle of, uh, of uh, you know, telling action stories with, uh, you know, a high amount of danger in them, uh, but featuring children, um, you know, and Kathleen Kennedy, right, who produced mm. The Goonies and Indiana Jones mm-hmm. and the Temple of Doom and Gremlins and, you know, all these yeah. uh, movies that we grew up on that did feature children in dangerous scenarios um and uh you know like you think about short round and in temple of doom like was that responsible <laughs> um <laughs> no but you know we we watched it in a way that was fun and and it you know it was told in a way that was fun and it it you know um yeah i just think like obviously like you know kathleen kennedy and and lucasfilm i mean lucasfilm is involved in some of these movies right so mm-hmm. you know there there's there's a there's a history and, and and the bad batch is a show too that's like obviously very much tapping into and inspired by like the cartoons of the era we grew up in as well you know what i mean and uh so i think there is a, i mean i don't wouldn't say i've really seen it too much so far maybe that last episode where she was running around with the uh the laser blaster thing that she has i forget mm-hmm. what i don't know what it's called but you know there there has been there's been a, like a, a maybe one or two episodes that have featured a little bit of like fun action with omega you know that maybe do or does call back to those kinds of stories and stuff but i think i guess i'm saying i think there's the there's the potential for them to get to a place like that with her maybe um where, yeah, I mean, if you think about it too much, it's like, this is real bad. Like, she, you shouldn't be doing this with a kid, you know? Mm-hmm. But also, like, I loved watching The Goonies and, you know, all that stuff. So, um, 
you know, maybe they can, they can find a way to do it in a fun, fun way. It's just that like, as much as I'll, I'll be like, Oh, this is just a cartoon. And that's why this, that's why, you know, Hunter doesn't make any sense when he's like, I'm not doing it. Yes, I am. You know, uh, like I'll criticize the show in that way. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I reference things like Goonies and Temple of Doom and whatever, but I mean, honestly, I think like this show is trying to tackle more. Yeah. Heavier, like deeper ideas and themes and stuff than like those kind of movies are, you know what I mean? So like I feel, and it's long, you know, form serialized storytelling too. So like, I feel a little more, uh, there are more feelings with Omega, I guess you'd say. And there, and there's more, there's more time to stop and think about the implications of some of this stuff than there would be in like a popcorn flick, you know, adventure movie of the Mm -hmm. eighties, which featured children in dangerous situations. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I think this, uh, this show, like I feel, um, you know, to, to quote Anakin Skywalker, like it, it, it just feels like it's being torn apart. Like Mm. it with finding, you know, and I, you know, I kind of feel this way about some of the, the Clone Wars stuff, too. Like, is this just like a, you know, Saturday morning cartoon to like, you know, eat your Fruit Loops and like half watch? Or is it like trying to tell like serious adult stories? Um, and, you know, sometimes it pulls off that balance. Sometimes it lead, leans w- too far in one direction that it feels weird. Um and I think that's just kind of like a, a consistent struggle um, with this show that like you don't get in like other Star Wars stuff. Like, hmm. um, you know, I think like something like Rising Storm, like that is a book with like a clear purpose, a clear audience. And it's just like, you know, it's just very successful. It doesn't have like kind of the identity crisis um, throughout and like this, I think, you know, and I think uh, a more extreme example of this recently was like Rebels, um, which, you know, really, you know, really tried to do a lot of things. And I think like ultimately, like, it, you know, I don't think it was very successful appealing to kids because I don't know any kids who watched it um, or, you know, loved it. And I think it also like, a lot of adult fans were kind of put off by some of like the silliness of it. Are you talking about rebels or resistance? Oh, resistance, resistance. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Yep. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, I think, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's a tough, it's a tough balance to find. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, I do think though uh, we should, you know, kind of wrap up this bad batch conversation here, I think, but um I, I do think that the Bad Batch has been more consistent maybe than any previous Star Wars animated project. Uh, not like, I'm not saying like, oh, it's better than, you know, any other thing or, you know, that it's, I, I just think like tonally and just in terms of the consistency of like from one episode to next, um, I don't think we get the whiplash kind of thing with this show really at all. And, you know, Rebels is my favorite Star Wars animated project. I love Rebels. I think I've, you know, said that a lot. Um, 
But there were times where you'd watch an episode of Rebels where it was like, man, this feels so different than the previous episodes or, you know what I mean? Like it Mm. would definitely have those like, oh, we've got a four episode arc here, which is like so good and super like intense and serious. And then you'd have like the Malay, Malone run, Malone fruit. I forget what kind of fruit, the fruit (laughs) run where it's like, oh, just C3PO and R2D2 doing a little, I got to get that fruit for Padme or whatever, not Padme, but you know, whatever. Um, Like that kind of stuff. It's like, uh, we don't really get that with Bad Batch. I feel like Bad Batch is like, it, it reminds me more of Mandalorian, honestly, um, than any of the previous Star Wars animated shows, just in terms of the kind of approach it's taking to the storytelling, where it's like one episode leading into the next episode, tonally pretty consistent. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, I don't know that, it, like I said, I like Rebels definitely more. I'm sure most people probably prefer Clone Wars to Bad Batch, but like, I do think it's been, whether you like what it does or not, it does it pretty consistently, which um, I, I think is a good thing, you know, for <laughs> Star Wars animation. Because um, in the past, it's it's definitely been kind of like it's sunny day and a sunny day in the void, you know, followed <laughs> up by like whatever the the father, sister, brother, uh, what's that planet? Uh, you know that arc I'm talking about on Clone Wars where Anakin and Obi-Wan, it was like a dream the whole time. and uh, Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't even think of I it. Can't, I, can't, I can't think of it either. Well, everybody knows what I'm talking about. So anyways, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. feel like there's this consistency with Bad Batch that they don't always do in Star Wars animation. Yeah, I would definitely say like from episode to episode, um, it's the most consistent. I, I feel like it can be sometimes a little inconsistent within the episodes. Um, like I, I do kind of feel that whip whiplash, um, sometimes, uh, where it's just, but, um, I think like, yeah, generally I think across, you know, the, the story it's telling has been, has been pretty, pretty consistent. Yeah. And we haven't had to like deal with the conversations about, um, the F word either with this show filler. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just because it has been consistent, you know what I mean? So yeah. sometimes when you when you have these super serious episodes of these animated shows and then you follow them up with like a silly one, um, as much as there might be a lot of value to the silly one or it might be a really, you know, great example of the kind of thing it's attempting to do, mm-hmm. um, people sometimes don't react, you know, super well to that because it's like just not consistent. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um I don't know, there's something to that. But uh yeah. Uh <laughs> Anything else on this episode of the Bad Batch, Ryan? We've kind of gone long talking about this episode, I feel, but yeah, um, no, good combo. All right, well then, we're gonna like start to move towards wrapping up the episode. But uh, I have an Anakin Skywalker in real life story to share, uh, which is just a brief little nugget mm. anecdote. But before that, why don't we talk about what you've got going on here uh, this week? Why don't you tell our listeners like what your plans are for this upcoming week, Ryan? Oh, yeah. Um, So I am flying tomorrow. I'm flying down to Florida. um, And then Wednesday, I'm going to Galaxy's Edge. Oh, my God. Whoa. (laughs) Um, Provided that the uh, tropical storm doesn't ruin everything. Oh, is Uh, that a thing right now? Yeah, there is a um, a tropical storm uh, known as Elsa. Uh, which would be very ironic if it ruined my Disney World trip. Mm, yeah. Man. I would not be able to let it go. <laughs> 
Wow. Okay. Well, my fingers are crossed for you that that doesn't happen. Um, is it like a, uh, you're up against a clock scenario where if you can get like, it's gonna, the storm is gonna hit central Florida, but you're just hoping you can get into galaxy's edge before it happens. Or are we thinking it might move in a different direction and then you'll be good? Like what, what's a, li- a little of both. I think okay. like the, the concern right now is, um, flights being delayed or canceled. Um, because like we are up against the clock on that with, um, we have our Disney Hollywood studios pass and it is just for that one day. So, um, you know, if, uh, if things are, if our flights canceled for a day, uh, that would, uh, kind of ruin that. But I think, um, we're also most likely looking at a very wet, uh, visit to Mm -hmm. Hollywood studios. Mm -hmm. If things do work out, um, the, I think we're at like a 60 or 70% chance of rain all day on Wednesday. So yeah. um, definitely be rocking a poncho. Um, yeah. If, okay. if, uh, which is fine. That is a sacrifice I am happy to make. I will just pretend it's Camino. Yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, Edu, is that the planet on Rogue One? I think Edu. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. At the end there. Um, wow. Okay. Well, I didn't, I didn't realize that was the, uh, that was the situation for you. So I will keep my fingers crossed. Um, hopefully the force will be with you all when you do that. But, uh, man, it's, it's so exciting that you're, uh, that you're doing that. Um, one of my, uh, one of my friends, uh, Jeremy was there, um, just, uh, like over the last couple of weeks, um, just got back like last week. Actually, I, he, uh, he came back and, uh, I was able to uh, check out his uh, his lightsaber, his custom lightsaber he made uh, while he was there. And the thing is amazing. It's incredible. Uh, I don't know if you're planning on doing that or not, Ryan. I am not, okay. but I am interested in purchasing one or two of the replica. Yeah, the legacy ones. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I wasn't I as interested in making my own because mm-hmm. it's not canon. Well, I'm with you there. Like, I li- I like the idea of the legacy ones as well. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, at the same time, he showed me his, and he showed me it's it's really really cool. Um, so I'm sure the legacy ones will be also. But just like yeah. the level of detail, the way like he has a a, a second uh, kyber crystal, you know, so he can change the color of the blade or whatever. Mm. And so he was showing me that, like, took the one uh, kyber crystal out and put the other one in. And it's just so cool. Like the whole process of disassembling the lightsaber to change out the uh, kyber crystal. I was like popping hard. I was like, oh my God, like it's so cool. Cause like, <laughs> it's not just like, oh, let me just um, like open up this little slot and then like, change out. No, you have to like take yeah. this entire lightsaber apart to change it and then like put it all back together. It's super awesome. And then like uh, he turned it on and uh, the, uh, the lightsaber with the one kyber crystal it made like different n- sounds like just like the hum and everything was like a little different like with one kyber oh, crystal to whoa. another there's all this stuff. i was like oh my god it's so cool so um but yeah he he went um a couple weeks ago and you know i got to see a lot of photos and kind of kept me abreast of of what they were doing down there so that was really mm-hmm. cool of course you're going now um so i'm a little jealous of that but uh i'll be going um at the end of july fingers crossed hopefully that's the plan <laughs> yeah i have i have my hollywood studio tickets and my flights and everything but uh yeah uh, hopefully the force will be with me too as far yeah. as all that goes but um i i told him when he was showing me his lightsaber and i told you know my wife the other day too as we were talking about i was like if if jeremy and ryan were going this summer and i did not have plans to go like i would be 
just crawling up a wall right now. I would yeah. be like freaking out. So, um, I'm, I'm very happy, uh, uh, to be, I'm excited to be going, uh, mm-hmm. soon, I hope. Right. So, cause I, I had, I think you did too, but I had a, a whole trip planned last summer to go to galaxy's edge. Like I should have been there. I was going to go, uh, last March. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh-huh. yeah, it's been a long time coming. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously as I, as I say that, I know that there's probably plenty of people, uh, listening who have not been able to go and, uh, are not able to go anytime soon. So, uh, you know, I, I uh, I understand that like, it's not something everybody can do, you know, and that's okay. But, uh, me having been close to being there and then yeah. being able to go, I'm just like, I gotta, I gotta do it. I gotta go, you know? So, um, do you, have you read about like rise of resistance and, and the process of getting onto that ride and everything? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, um, yeah, I'm hoping to go on both of the rides, um, there and then, like basically the the if I can do three things, like if I can go on both the rides and get to Doc Ondors, like mm. that will be a successful trip for me. Um yeah. but uh, you know, we'll just have to see with, you know, weather and everything going on. So Yeah, yeah. Well we'll talk off air um about Rise of the Resistance, but uh you shouldn't have any from from my understanding you shouldn't have any trouble getting on smuggler's run which is the millennium mm. falcon ride but yeah. rise of the resistance can be a little tough so you gotta make sure you have a plan Especially to uh to get breaking on that. all the time <laughs> too yeah yeah but uh no the the reservations fill up like like within 30 seconds i think um of the of the opportunity going live in the morning so oh sure okay like so that's the first thing to do oh, that yeah. is a really good tip i did yeah. not know that okay yeah and it's not like when you first get there either i think there's there's a time uh i think it's 7 a.m where you have to um, sign on like to the app or something yeah you use the app or i think maybe just the website but um okay yeah so i'll tell you i'll try to tell you what i know about it and um you know you could do i'm sure that, that this this information is available online i'm sure as well but uh but yeah you gotta you gotta be on top of it and then if you don't get that one, there is a second set of reservations that go live later in the day. And then you can try to get in those two. But, mm. uh, I think for peace of mind, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, yeah, definitely. It would be for the great one. to just get in that first group. Cause then you, yep. you're not worried about it the rest of the day, you know? So, yeah. wow. Good to know. Yeah. 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 So, um, anyway, but, uh, so that's very exciting. So, uh, how long are you gone when you, when you come back? Uh, it's just like a whirlwind trip, just, uh, four days, three oh, okay. days. So, yeah. so we, uh, we may still record, uh, our regularly scheduled episode. Oh yeah. I'll be back by next weekend. I'm coming back oh, okay. Friday. So yeah. Three okay, days. Cool. Yeah. Cool. 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 Okay. All right. Well, we'll have to think about, um, we'll have to address, I guess we'll just, we'll talk about your trip next week. Right. I mean, I'm sure you want to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, Oh wow. I want to want to, I'm going to want to talk about it when I go or when I get back too. and it'll be repetitive content, but that's well, all right. We'll, we'll, we'll see what probably happens. have different experiences. So that's true. That's true. Especially okay. if there's a tropical storm. <laughs> yeah. I'm there. So all right. That's fair. That's it'll fair. Be an experience. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Well then, um, real quick, uh, speaking of experiences, I just have to, uh, share a quick Anakin Skywalker related, uh, story mm. from this weekend on Saturday morning, I was doing some, uh, mountain biking, I guess you'd call it trail biking. Um, maybe that's, I was on a mountain bike. I was doing trail bike, trail riding, trail biking, mm-hmm. um, at the uh, state park here, which, uh, is something that I do with, uh, my wife and a group of her friends. I like it, but I prefer to stay, uh, I, I prefer, r- you know, road biking, right? Like, biking on the road. Um, I definitely prefer that to the, uh, trail riding stuff because to me, the trail riding stuff seems dangerous. You know, there's like roots and rocks and everything all over the place. Mm-hmm. And, uh, for some reason, I'm not exactly sure why they do it, but they put sand down in certain areas of the trail. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're riding, we're doing our, our, our trail riding this weekend. And at one point we we're going through some sand the sand is annoying. Cause you kind of lose control of your bike, you know what I mean? Yeah, As yeah. you go through the sand and, uh, my wife was, um, right, you know, by me on the trail and she was like, I hate sand. And I was like, I told her, I was like, you know who else hates sand? Um, is Anakin Skywalker. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then, uh, later on in the trail ride, I really felt some strong kinship with Anakin Skywalker because mm. I was like going down this hill and then on the other side, like going down the hill and then it flattens out for like just a few feet and then it goes uphill again. You know what I mean? And this is a trail. So there's roots and rocks and all this stuff all over the place. So normally you kind of try to go slow. Right. But I was like, I need to go fast because I want to be able to get up that hill on the other side. So I'm like, you know, barreling down this hill, um, on this trail. And I didn't realize, but there was a patch of sand at the bottom of it. So when I hit that patch of sand going pretty fast for a trail, anyway, I totally lost control of my bike, like flew off of my bike, uh, jammed my thumb, got a big scrape on my back. And like, I, I was totally fine. So it's not a big deal. But I was like, man, Anakin was right about that sand. Like he's, he's always been right. You know what I mean? Uh, like, I guess until he turned to the dark side and like started killing all the Jedi and everything. But like, he was definitely right on that, that sand thing. You know what I mean? Wow. That's, that's a, that's a great story. Um, it's an okay story, but I mean, it's like just one of those things where like I find star Wars and everything, you know? (laughs) Yeah, no. Um, I had a similar, um, experience where, um, I was talking to the person cutting, I was getting a haircut and Uh. the barber was like, Oh, you got any big plans for the week and stuff? Um, I was like, yeah, going to Florida. And they like asked me if I was, uh, going to beaches (laughs) and my immediate thought was like, no, I hate sand. You're not going to go to the beach. No, no, I, I literally do not like beaches. You like the ocean, don't you? fine um, oh my gosh yeah i mean like the ocean's fine like yeah i like the ocean <laughs> okay um i like you know walk like walking on like paths and stuff by various like a boardwalk is near cool. the ocean. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i like that yeah but no I, I don't like go out to the beaches to cruise chicks and get a suntan or anything mm. um mm. like that's that whole vibe yeah mm. I don't okay. no, I don't I don't like beaches. I don't like walking on sand. I don't mm-hmm. like being in exposed sun for extended periods of time. Okay. All right. So our beach runner offshoot podcast is uh, uh <laughs> indefinitely uh postponed, huh? Well, it's unless it's unless it's a wave runner. Ooh, okay. Podcast. There you go. All right. Uh, I believe our episode has lost its focus at this point, so we can. We are uh, meandering like Bad Batch characters <laughs> right now. We are just trying to f- find our purpose. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, all right, so we'll wrap up here. Um, thanks very much for listening. Um, if you want to reach out and let us know uh, your thoughts on Bad Batch, Star Wars Visions, uh, Galaxy's Edge, etc., um, you can email the show at blockaderunnerpodcast at gmail.com or we are on Twitter at Blockade Run. Uh, Ryan, you are on Twitter at? Via Malay, V-A-Y-A-M-A-L-A-Y. And we expect some Galaxy's Edge photos uh, this week on Twitter. I mean, if, if people follow you on Twitter, are they going to see a little bit of Galaxy's Edge this week? I would, I would assume so. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. that seems like something I would do. Okay. All right. So yeah. that's. Uh, I mean, I can't predict the future, but yeah, that <laughs> seems like something I would do. Probably. Right on. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I am really excited uh, to live vicariously through you going to Galaxy's Edge this week, Ryan. So uh, it'll be a re- prelude to your own trip. It'll that's be, right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So we'll we'll wrap up here um, excitedly. Uh, excitedly wrap up here and mm. uh, look forward to your your vacation. And uh, we'll be back next week um, with another episode and uh, you'll fill us in on what happened. So, uh, again, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of the Blockade Runner podcast. We are all the Republic.